Welcome to uh, another episode of LFC Talk at Hotel Tia. My name is Ragnil Lund Ansnes, and today I am joined by David Fairclough. How are you today, David? Yes, I'm very well, Ragnil. Uh, glad to be here with you again and, uh, and speaking to, uh, to hopefully the many listeners. And we also have with us, with beautiful shirts from uh, Madrid in the background, we have Terry May. He is a local builder. He owns a bar up at Anfield and a hotel, and, and he's got so many talents. I can't even mention them all. How are you today, Terry? Um, um, thanks for the build-up, Rangel. I'm very well, thank you. Hope you're well. <laughs> We are very well, thanks. So today um, we have lots to talk about um, because there are uh, quite a lot of action going on in Africa as we speak. Um, also, we've we've had a game against Crystal Palace. We'll discuss and um, a game uh, looking ahead to Cardiff. And also, we will in this show talk about Anfield Road, one of the most famous roads in the whole city of Liverpool, where Terry has lots to say, so I can't wait. But first, um, before we go ahead with all that, um, David, Crystal Palace 1-3, it was uh, really a truly immense game by our goalkeeper, but what else did you take from the game? I always thought it was going to be a difficult fixture. We we knew, obviously, the problems that Jan- January we were going to have to face and um, I felt going into this one at the, at the weekend uh, to get anything out of it was going to be a little bit of a struggle um, and um, we got off to a great start which was uh, I think was needed I think if you go to places like Palace if you allow them to get on top then you get a, a more difficult afternoon than than maybe you, you hope for but uh, the start was great we we took our foot off the pedal a little bit and we allowed them to uh, create some sticky moments but to come away with a 3-1 win was uh, was was tremendous I think um I say given the stage of the season that we're we're in and um as you say Allison was superb um you know I've always felt I'm a, I'm a big Allison fan anyway and I always thought we we've got one of the top goalkeepers in the world but on days like Last Sunday, I think he really proves his true worth and um, and, and pulls out those incredible, you know, uh, um, uh, sort of really precious moments. Um, he kept us in the game for um, on, on, a, on a few occasions, uh, particularly in the second half. Terry, what did you take out of the game? Yeah, just kind of um, like what David said there. I think, I think it's very important when you go to places like Palace. Now, I haven't been to Palace a couple of times in the past. I mean, the, to be fair, the, the, the crowds, if you give their crowds something to shout about, they, they don't stop. And and I think like what David said, you know, managed, managed to get in our noses in front. And I think that just um, subdued the crowd a little bit, which kind of plays into our hands. But again, um, seems to take our foot off the gas a little bit. Um, you know, bit of a very dubious penalty at the end, but I, I think we were almost and drive by then anyway and like David said it's I think sometimes with, with the plays we've lost to the African nations at the moment it was all doom and gloom weren't it Twi- the, the Twitter family were all doom and gloom about you know the players that were missing but to be fair the, the lads that have come in and they've stepped up haven't they and, and done the business 
Yeah, David, uh, Terry's mentioning the penalty there at the end where uh, Fabinho put it nice and s- smooth into the net for us. Uh, was that a penalty, you think? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's proven to be very contentious. and We've had some uh, league referee or ex-referees, um, perhaps, saying how fortunate we were. Um, I was asked about it this morning um, and I said, of course, it was a penalty. Um, some friends uh, asked for my opinion, and um, yeah, we, we've been we've been victims to some poor decisions, and I think you know, tempted to say what goes around comes around, and you, you'll you'll get some that you you know that you probably um, on on some days you, you wouldn't have uh, have got, but um, I, I thought that at that point we did need uh, a little bit of a a breathing space and. Getting the, the the penalty, I think um, you know that that sort of got us the win because I wouldn't have wanted to go into the final minutes hanging on by the odd goal. I have to say, I, I did think at times we we created our own uh, pressure and uh, and we needed that we needed that little gap. And um, thankfully, good time to get it. Ten minutes just before the end. And there's been so much talk about you know. Um, is is this league already decided on? Um, Van Dijk came out afterwards and said something that was music to my ears because I am always an optimist till the bitter end. Terry, listen to this. He says, if anyone wouldn't believe, they better stay home, in my opinion. There are so many points still to collect there. There's so many games to play. There's so many cups we are involved in. Anything can happen. Do you agree, Terry? You still think we can maybe, maybe, maybe celebrate another cup in May? Yeah, of course. And, and just just going back to the league, I think you know we, we we maybe look back at the end of the season and hopefully it'll it'll go our way. But I think that was a that was a massive three points because I think psychologically City get City getting further ahead, and us now all of a sudden a game in hand, got to play City. You know we could come down to three points and. You know, as it's been said many years ago at the club, you know, no trophies are given out in January. So we've just got to keep plodding on and stranger things have happened. And at the end of the day, we're, we're capable of putting an unbeaten run right to the end of the season, like like we've done previously. And it's going to be difficult against City because they are a class, they are a class side. But we've just got to take, be there and ready to take the opportunity when it strikes. Yeah. Of course, of course, it was it was also music to the ears. Sorry, David, that they actually dropped the point as well. That gave even more momentum, didn't it? Yeah, I think uh, the, these you know you need these moments along the way. City have looked uh, invincible uh, for for weeks. Um, obviously, I think was it twelve wins on the bounce. Um, that's a phenomenal run, and I think City are where they they were a couple of seasons ago. In, in as much as Teams are coming up against City, and I think they're caving in before they've actually played the game. Um, we've we've seen it maybe since that one or two teams had a go at City, uh, namely the season before last, uh, and a little bit last year. But I think this year, I think I'm, I'm, I feel that some teams have been beaten before they've even started. So it was good that somebody sort of showed that there is that sort of. Uh, fragility about uh, City. They're not, you know, they're not uh, invincible. Um, so coming at this stage of the season, I think it just bred a bit of life into the into the charge. And we've seen down the years, 
there are a couple of moments within a season that actually make a, a you know a, a point so to speak and um, I think this this last weekend were, was vital and and, it, and it's come at a really good time. Uh, also, you know, we have quite a lot going on in Africa. We are we were really nervous about this month as we are missing uh, Salah and Mane and also uh, Keita. Um, and this week has been quite dramatic because, um, as most of you probably have already seen, Mane went down against um, the goal a collision with the goalkeeper um, for Cap Verde, and um, he 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 was down, wasn't he? And and he 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 was even. It looked like he had passed out, and and yet he he continues playing, scores a goal, collapses again, um, and now you know uh, Senegal is coming out saying he's fine, he will play in the quarterfinals this weekend. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, we're not we're not head specialists, any of us, but you know I've had my concussions in life, and and the the rule is always like have a concussion quarantine because otherwise, you know, you have to have a rest because otherwise you can struggle with headaches for, for months. What do you guys think about this? Uh, well, I, I've sort of spent a little bit of time in in looking at concussion over the last few years. And um, it is a strange one. And um, there is a, a temptation, and certainly there has been in the past, to un underestimate the effects of concussion, which, as you point out, can be, um, you know, you do have to be monitored in, uh, over the, the weeks and months that, that follow a, a serious, well, any form of concussion, let's say. And um, I don't want to undermine the, the African Nations Cup, but having seen one or two things throughout this competition in the last couple of weeks, I have to say there can be sometimes one or two things happen that maybe mightn't happen in in the normal sort of say, say a Champions League game or a Premier League game, even now, and um, it was, it was. I think it was a little bit worrying to see Mane being given the kind of the green light to continue after the initial challenge. Um, the fact that he went on to to be ultimately the match winner is, you know, is, is testimony to his 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 sort of fortitude and his and, and his ability. But um, I thought it was a dangerous moment, and I like to think that there's some way that maybe you know the club can have some sort of uh, say in in how he is monitored and how he recovers from 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 a challenge like like he had. Um, I'm tempted to think that perhaps you know Liverpool mightn't have any any opportunity, but at the end of the day, he belongs to Liverpool, and and we have a, you know a real vested interest that he makes a a full and, and, and proper recovery. Terry, are you worried about Monet and, and his return and his health when returning back to Liverpool? Yeah, totally. And I think, um, you know, I know he, he went on to score the goal and stuff like that, but to be honest, he shouldn't have been on the pitch to have that opportunity to yeah. score the goal. I mean, I think I think like David touched to it, touched on there, it's a really, I think it's a crucial time for the likes of FIFA and the African nations because you you can't put a win at all costs on this. And, and I understand, you know, the pressure of some of these nations that, you know, they want to do well, but you just can't put players' health, you know, at the, at the forefront of every... Winning is not everything when you're coming through a player's health, in my opinion. Like like you touched, David's touch on um, concussion. I mean, I, I've been concussed twice playing football and broke my cheekbone in two places. And 
you need to rely on the people around you at that time because I, it was the second half when I done it and I couldn't remember the first hour. I couldn't remember anything about the first, the first hour. Couldn't remember to get into the ground and I broke my cheekbone in two places. And then, to be honest, I carried on playing because I didn't realise I broke my cheekbone, but it was only sort of like six, seven hours later when me, me, me face swollen up like a watermelon is that I knew I had the problem. But this is where I think you really, we've got to rely on the people in charge to, to implement it. You know, otherwise, what, what's, what's the point of these concussion rules? And, and listen to the, like the charity Headway, you know, which is a charity in the UK talking about it. And, and they're saying the same thing. What, what's the point of having these concussion rules if it's not basically um, policed and managed throughout the world? And like, like I said, you rely on the people in and around you. And I, I know a lot of like professional boxers. And if something happens to them, you're relying on your coach to, to pull you out, look after you. your safety is first and foremost, but it, it can't be that win at all mentality. And I think obviously Mane, Salah, players of that ilk, especially in the African nations, um, they, are, they are put up there on pedestals and probably the pressure is for them to, you know, deliver for the country. But it, 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 is, it is a worry for the players' health. You know, club allegiances aside, I think that it should go for any player, not just superstars. Oh yeah, without that, without shadow of doubt, and I think that, you know this has it has been sort of said about the um, the brain assessment tool that that exists, which isn't a tangible thing actually, but the tests. But that I don't I don't really I'm not convinced that there is a, still a universal approach to. Uh, to concussion and certainly not in not in football we've seen some developments in in rugby um of late but um i think football is is, is still behind um as i say i've looked into this in great detail in over the last few years um and it was it, it was a worrying moment so yeah it, it, as terry says we shouldn't just think that of it, it being superstars Every it, it it is vitally important because the future health, you know, you, you, the years down the line, that can be um, uh, impacted on on something like that, and you know, only probably the uh, man he knows himself how he actually felt at that time, but he shouldn't have been on the pitch at the, at, you know, he shouldn't have been on the pitch to score the uh, the, the goal that he did. But David, as a player, do you understand the pressure that he feels like he's probably letting his whole nation down if he's not playing then in the next round? Because he is their most important player in terms of, of scoring goals. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that, that can be said. But, uh, you know, as, as Terry pointed out, you, you're, you're, you're kind of, um, you're in the hands of the people around you and, and physios, Doctors should have no, you know, no qualms about turning around saying, "No, that is just, you know, it's it's a no go from here on in." You know, you you know, you're off the pitch, and 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 that's it. Whether or not you feel as if you're letting your nation down or not, at the end of the day, health is health, and and um, and, and people. I think, I think. Well, I know in the past, I think under cushion, uh, concussion has been underestimated. Um, the you know the the initial. Um, Effects and the ongoing, the after effects are certainly something that I think people have not not really been fully aware of. They're becoming a little bit more sort of um, out there, so to speak. But uh, no, it, it's but uh, we're only grateful. I mean, I think to hear that he feels at the moment that he, he's okay, um, and that that's re that's reassurance, some reassurance. 
Um, there hasn't been that many goals in the Africa Cup of Nations. They seem to have been struggling a little bit finding the net. Um, and one of them is is our great striker, Salah, or Salah, as they would say in Egypt. Um, and I'm hoping uh, uh, his experience playing uh, for his country makes him realise even more how he needs to sign a new long-term contract with Liverpool because we play the style of football that suits him and his goal-scoring abilities. Can you hear me, Mo Salah? Can you hear me? <laughs> You've got to say. Um, Terry, what do you think of the saga dragging on that we're not signing Mo Salah uh, for any cost just to secure this incredible goal-scorer uh, for, for a few more years? Oh, it's a it, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, you know, we, we as 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 a you know, I'm sure the club are looking at pay structures and value over the years and the cost it'll cost. But as a fan, you don't care, do you? you as a fan, you don't really care if they pay him 300, 400 grand a week. I know it's ridiculous in the scheme of things, but it's not in football these days. That's that's what happens if say we we go and sell Salah. How how do we replace him? What's it going to cost? And I'm sure if you sat every player down in that changing room, they all want 400 grand a week. But if you all sat them down honestly and said, who's the player who deserves 400 grand a week here? They'd, they'd, they'd just point to all, wouldn't they, and say, just just give him what he wants. We don't want to lose him. I mean, the, the fact that we're even having this kind of conversation, that obviously a lot of stuff goes on behind scenes, which I'm sure we're not um, privy to. But... Jürgen seems to think it's in the bag. He doesn't seem worried, but I don't know. Let's get him signed up. Let's get him secured and and move on. Just give the lad what he wants. We built, you know, we build the team around him. He's our number one, um, and we just need him, don't we? We, we need him. There's not there's not them top class guaranteed thirty goal seasons out there now, even at the so called elite level. And if you if you do try and replace him for a younger version, it's going to cost us that anyway. So, but as a fan, then um, who cares? It's just going to stand up. Yeah, I, I, I think I think we have to. I think we have to. Uh, you know, hopefully draw a line under it, get it signed and sealed, get it announced, take out all the doubts. Liverpool can uh, concede the way forward. I think this period has shown. Um, Part of the reliance that we have on the likes of Salah, particularly and Mane, um, you know, where do you where do you look? Um, you know, keep keep what we have. We're, we're moving along the right lines. Obviously, we, we're in need of of some sort of added strength that will duly come, I'm sure. But the you know the likes of Salah proven now, as Terry said, somebody who's scoring the amount of goals that he's scoring season after season. It is worth whatever he pays, and the players, um, they, they they may have a policy within the club that that, that says about way we you know pay earners such a level and one thing or another. But the players have to own up and 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 you know and and accept they're happy with what they're on, and and yeah, they buy into the fact that some players are more important than others. It, it's it's you know it, that's just the way it is, and goal scorers are worth their weight in gold. So uh, yeah. Sort it out, announce it to the fans so everybody is aware that, you know, we're in good health going forward. I think actually Salah, if he, well, the, the club should see it, but if, if Salah were to, 
you know, really assess everything. I wonder whether or not he'd have the same success anywhere else anyway, because the game that Liverpool play is geared towards getting him, him on the ball um, and creating those opportunities. I don't think he would get the same type of service, the same um, sort of... The, over, the tactics would not suit salaring in quite the way that Liverpool's tactics suit. Um, it's tailor-made for him and uh, it needs to be sorted. You see how effective he is for... He doesn't have the same effectiveness for, for Egypt. I know he scored one or two goals, but, um, you know, his time... He gets far more of the ball when he's playing for Liverpool and I think, you know, both sides have to acknowledge that and uh, and get the deal done. Amen. That's all we have to say. Um, and we also know that Klopp has been nominated to the manager of the month. That, I think, is truly deserved. So everybody needs to go in and vote for him so he can win that. Mm. That'll be nice, taking us into uh, gloomy February. Um, also, uh, on the podcast today, I want to talk a little bit about Anfield Road. Because Anfield Road is one of the two, I would say, most famous streets in Liverpool. Would you agree? Anfield Road and Penny Lane? Wouldn't they be the two streets that sort of stand out like the city's sort of most famous street names? Agreed? Well, we're, we're likely to say yes, Terry, aren't we? I think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> certainly has. Especially, yeah. especially, especially over the world. They're, they're the streets that are well known, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I, I think I think sometimes uh, you, you you know you say the name of Anfield Road is known throughout the world. Certainly, the football world. Uh, I think people would be surprised sometimes if they ever walk down Anfield Road to see exactly. Uh, you'd feel it would be it should be a bit grander and uh, you know more more special, but it it's, it's obviously means an awful lot to us. But um, it's uh, yeah, it, it, its reputation is is worse worldwide without shadow. And this is just pinpointing the whole thing because this goes for Penny Lane as well. Penny Lane is not far from where I live. And, and both streets, they are uh, run down. They're so famous and still there could have been so much more done to the streets. But now I think, Terry, we can finally see that Anfield Road is moving towards development and becoming more of an attraction. We've got the murals. We've now got the building process to get a new Anfield Road end. And we have local force in the businesses around Anfield Road, where also Hotel Thea is located. We've all joined together now and we're trying to um, engage the um, city council in terms of upgrading Anfield Road and make it a better place. Tell us a little bit more about what's going on in Anfield Road right now, because you are a part of that development of, of trying to make Anfield Road a better place. What's going on, Terry? Yeah, well, like like you said, I think a bit of initiative has just kicked in um, quite recently about, obviously, we, we know Anfield Road's a destination, isn't it? Of course, it is the destination every time Liverpool play at home, and it always will be. But I think it, it, I think Anfield Road's more than that, and it's starting to become that. So, I mean, if, 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 if we reverse kind of probably 10 years ago, um, it was just like typical areas of North Liverpool. People would come to match, and then they go home. And I think... Certainly over the last five years, I've, I've seen it evolved. Now, obviously, I've been involved in projects of like the refurbishment of Hotel Tier, creating that. And then we're working on the old police stations down the road. So that's getting converted into like a 22-bedroom hotel. And then obviously, 
hotel Anfield next door. They, they, they've done some work on there. The road was in a bad state of repair. You only really had the sander. And now all of a sudden, you know, you've got, you've got your home base, which has been there for quite a bit, waving the flag. And then you're seeing little coffee shops pop up and you're seeing like the hotels pop up and shops getting refurbed. And it's kind of like out with the old and in with the new. And a few, a few people all moan and say, you know, well, it's all linked to football, but what do we have? Do we have a, a derelict shop or do we try to create that destination? We have to create a destination, not just once every fortnight or twice a fortnight. And like you say, the amount of people around the, around the ground for the murals, which creates, you know, another local economy. Little coffee shops pop up, so they'll they'll go and have a coffee somewhere. They'll go and do a little um, step by step of like the the Ray Clemens mural, the Anne Williams, the you know the Trent one, the Ian St John. So all the ones that are popping up, there's a new one of Kenny pops up on Oakfield Road. So all of a sudden, people are coming to see that, and then that that, that affects the local economy. So it becomes a supply and demand, and obviously the. The, the extension to Anfield Road flying up. So again, it's bringing more money into the local economy. The little cafes get busy, a little coffee shop will pop up, little hotels will get busier. And then, you know, people people want more and more a part of it. And then obviously the development, what you guys are doing next to hotels here, um, filling an old derelict piece of land, which has been a blot on the landscape for for many years. And, that, and that's it. So the more people see that, you know, it, it's not, it's not really rocket science. People see investment and it creates investments. And then hopefully it uplifts everybody's value. You know, the people who live around there, you know, the house prices and creates jobs and it creates a bit of wealth locally. Um, yeah, I, I think it's certainly going in the right right direction. And, you know, hopefully the football theme will always be part, will be part of that and long may it continue. David, what's your favourite part of Anfield Road and how are you looking at these developments finally happening in, in the area around the ground and along well, Anfield Road? It's taken a long time for it to, uh, to come about change. Um, I remember I grew up just a couple hundred yards away from Anfield Road. Um, my mother went to Anfield Road School and Anfield Road was a part of our life uh, growing up because it was our... It was the way we entered into Stanley Park, um, and uh, and so I've got lots and lots of very old memories of of Anfield Road when all the villas were very much um, uh, being lived in, and, and you know had a community. Um, but it, it did run into disrepair as as changes came about. Um, Football club obviously had a plan to 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 redevelop um, initially. Obviously, with a new stadium, but then ultimately uh, to to just increase Anfield. So whether or not that that brought about change, a slow change, because as Terry said, that I think there's a bit of descent towards the football club. Why should it all be about football? But at the end of the day, football has has created so much commerce now around Anfield, both on Lower Breck Road, you know, um, all around Oakfield Road. They've all benefited from from the football club. So I think it's an acceptance that the football club is here to stay. Uh, it, it generates commerce and opportunities in so many different ways. Um, we're probably over the, the battles now that, as I say, existed for a while because it was grand with all the villas, which 
you know, ultimately Hotel Tier has taken taken over one of them. But we lost so many. We've lost most of them, obviously. Um, so yeah, I think the the, the acceptance that um, Liverpool are here to stay for the long haul. I think um, I think has has now um, helped to to generate, and and it's good. Anfield is a is a much needed area for regeneration. Um, and if it could go the other way a little bit towards sort of the Everton side, where you know what people probably wouldn't know, but uh, Robson Street and, and all those, and they, they were the areas that I grew up as as, as a kid. It's been sad to see them sort of slide into this, but the, there is there's change on the way. Yeah, hopefully this this uh, refurbishment of the closest area around the ground will then expand as more positivity comes into the community and that's what Hotel Tia is doing. We are doing this to bring something back to Anfield. Everyone who works for us are all um, living in L4 in, in the Anfield area. So we're bringing workplaces back into the place. We, want to, uh, we wanted to create a, a lovely place for locals to celebrate their big occasions instead of having to go to town. Um, and it's quite exciting now that we've got investors on board to be able to do something with that that land has just been um, sitting there empty and sad uh, for so many years and now we can uh, build some uh, apartment flats there as well so more people can come and enjoy and feel with with a good standard not not just uh, um, so there are more things that you more more opportunities than the, the pub the pub places where you can stay, which is also a great thing for those who fancy that. But it's nice to have a variety and so people can can choose whatever they fancy and choose Anfield over hotels in the city centre and, and that way bring more to the economy locally up there because Anfield truly deserves it. And make, more, so make it more appealing, make it more appealing because we know that down recent years it was one of those sort of no-go areas for, for a while. People just visited to the football stadium uh, on, on match days. Uh, you know, it was a place that, that became sort of a, a sort of a place not to, to, to go near. So the, all the things that are happening to it now are, uh, are really in, in, in a positive vein and uh, it, it's good to see it's on an upward curve. And, you know, it's not that many years since I came to Liverpool and to Anfield for the first time, let's say, maybe it's, what, 12, 15 years ago. Um, and... My husband always needed to go up to Anfield first, you know, as soon as, soon as we'd arrived Liverpool, the first destination was up to go and visit Mecca, if you like. Uh, and I just couldn't believe first time I came up there, this was like a, just a random weekday, non-match day, in the middle of the day, everything was shut. And I mean everything. All the shutters were down. You could hardly see a soul around. I couldn't believe it. It was just a dead place and at least now you know a few years later it is starting to have a little bit more of that bus with the with the uh, bakery and uh, yeah all those little uh, coffee shops so hopefully for the future we'll see more and more uh, uh, lovely things being brought into Anfield Road and, and to the rest of the community um, we um, are now in, in the international break I've seen that uh, Ox Robo and uh, Millie is uh, swinging their golf club somewhere warm together. So I like the fact that they've gone on a little bit of a break together. That that's good news for the team and the camaraderie. But David, you have also been talking golf today because you're planning a golf day. Tell us about that. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, 
not not experiencing the the great weather that there is at the moment in Dubai. Lucky uh, lucky footballers at the moment, I would uh, I, I say. But uh, yeah, part of um, you know what I do as leading uh, the the charity for the Walton Centre in Liverpool uh, involves a, a golf day. So this morning we were just sort of beginning to um, unwind um, or reveal. Uh, what we have in store in terms of a golf day um, uh, early summer this year, let's say. Hopefully it's going to be summer in uh, May the 19th. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I do a number of things with the Walton Centre throughout the year, but the golf day is a, is a big, uh, big opportunity to, uh, to, uh, to meet a lot of very uh, keen supporters of what we're doing at the, at the hospital and uh, yeah, really looking forward to. It. Hopefully, we get a sunny, a lovely sunny day. And uh, anybody who's interested in enjoying, there'll be a couple of, uh, there'll be a few Liverpool players in, uh, uh, in, in in opposition, let's say. Um, and uh, if anybody listening to this fancies uh, playing at the uh, world famous Formby Golf Club in uh, in May, uh, then um, you know, contact us, and and we will only be too pleased to. Uh, to assist any inquiries. Yeah, well, isn't that where Kenny also plays? Uh, Kenny's a member uh, somewhere else. Um, okay. And we, we have, there's, a, there's a lot of competitiveness about uh, who plays at the best club, but uh, for the moment, um, I know that I play at the best golf club in the, in the Northwest. Uh, Obviously. That, that, that's Formby. <laughs> Great. And it's such a beautiful place as well. And you never know, you might see Jürgen uh, clock walking his dog because he's all over the place walking. He, 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 Jürgen, is, uh, yeah, Jürgen has walked his dog uh, around Formby on a, a number of occasions. He told me actually he sneaks through a particular hole in the fence, which uh, <laughs> he, uh, he related to me. He said they probably... Um, he said he'd probably get escorted off the property. I said, Jürgen, you can go anywhere in Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't don't worry about it. So he had my permission anyway, um, and I think uh, knowing the security people, even though uh, he felt that he was kind of, which is not not probably usual for Jurgen breaking rules, but uh, he felt he was uh, he was kind of like doing something he shouldn't have done. I said, don't worry about it. As I say, uh, in most people's eyes, you can go anywhere you want. I love it. I love it. I just see, I now just picture him like forcing his way through a hole in a fence. I, I can tell you. I can tell you exactly where it is. I know the hole. I said I know where you. I know where you. Uh, where you get in. But he's a must be a big hole for Jürgen to get through. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. So uh, Jürgen is having a little bit of a well-deserved rest. Uh, next up is um, the FA Cup game against Cardiff City, uh, and Cardiff. Um, did win obviously their last round, um, and they played then uh, against Preston home and won two uh, one. But other than that, they haven't really done that well in the league. I mean, they haven't had a win in the league when we're recording this. They haven't had a win in the league since the twenty seventh of November, and since then they've lost four and 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 drawn twice. So uh, they sound a bit shaky at the moment, David. Would this be just like um, putting on the kids again, uh, or? Well, we have to put on a little bit of a fight. It'll be a huge weekend for Cardiff. They will bring an incredible support, I'm sure. Um, Cardiff have had a, probably a, a bit of a tricky time. The fact that they've been playing their home games behind closed doors uh, won't have helped um, 
the, the players, you know, uh, Wales have had different lockdown rules uh, to us in England. So, um, you know, you can maybe find a little bit of an excuse for Cardiff's inconsistency, but um, they managed to pull a win out the, the hat, for, you know, against against Preston and that was you know that was behind closed doors so um this will be a huge occasion for Cardiff and and we can't afford to underestimate them i think given the fact that we've you know the players will have been uh they'll have been holidaying uh, they'll be refreshed um i don't think jürgen would be taking too many risks i don't think the team will be as lightweight as maybe we might have seen in one or two other games um uh, Sort of previous, say in the in the Carabao Cup, um, I think I think it's a, it's a, it's something that we've got to really um, be aware of. As I say, the support will be fantastic, so the occasion will be will be great. I think um, quite quite looking forward to it. You know, they're uh, well supported team, Cardiff, and who who doesn't enjoy a, a day out to to to, to Anfield? So um, yeah, we've got to be on our guard. I think. Yeah, in in more than one way, because they 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 got three red cards almost consecutively uh, in in December and into January. So I hope I hope they won't take any <laughs> break any of our legs when they come. Uh, but Terry, uh, about the FA Cup, have you got many fun memories growing up uh, in the in the area? You being a local lad uh, with the FA Cup. Yeah. It's- <laughs> it's typical, isn't it? I mean, you probably don't get it as much now, but when we were playing on the street corners with kids, you know, or you're playing on a field with your mates, you're always someone scoring that goal at Wembley or somewhere. I know it's a bit cliched, but it, it just was. I, th- I think it's sort of like lost its sparkle a little bit with, you know, the importance of the Champions League and, you know, the league. But I think it's just one of them competitions which... It, it is world famous, and it's world famous for the, it's world famous for the reason. I mean, in 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 what other leagues would you get like the likes of Marine playing Tottenham, you know, and the things that went on with the likes of that all the Tottenham fans buying tickets because Marine couldn't. You you, you wouldn't you wouldn't get that, and it's a lifeline. And then you know they keep it running across to get to get a few cans out of the offy for the players after the game, and it's just stuff like that. And you know, own own personal experiences, you know. Going down to Wembley when 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 you were the kids and obviously crying many years ago in 1977 when United beat us and I just always remember like that like that like that was like one of the first like standout FA Cup finals to me when when United beat us but then obviously he goes on to win a few times but you know going back to Wembley 1986 you know against Everton. Just, that, that was the FA Cup for me. So special, special city. I mean, I, I was in a so-called Everton ends on, on that game and there weren't, there weren't really an Everton end. It was just, it was the city and just the whole chance of like Merseyside, Merseyside at, at that time. Um, before a little bit of the bitterness kicked in, I think, because both clubs were absolutely on top of the game at the time, weren't they? Liverpool, Everton, you know, early 80s, mid-80s. Um and it was such a brilliant time. And obviously we went on to beat them, which made it even better. Um, but yeah, re- really, really good memories of the FA Cup. Like like David said, you know, even being at the, the, the Shrewsbury game a few weeks ago, their crowd was there. They took the whole bottom end of the Annie Road. They created a great atmosphere. Um, 
And that's it. And it's it's people's day out, isn't it? It's their it's their cup finals, but they like to they like to cut even though playing under difficult circumstances. You know, you've got to be you've got to be on your on your guard and I never like I never like the bad run of I never like the bad run of games that people have had. You you were breaking up a little bit there, but I just wanted to ask you, David, um, what's your favourite FA Cup game of them all? Oh, I've got some incredible memories, uh, and I go back a little bit longer than both you two, I think. Um, I remember Liverpool winning their first FA Cup in 1965. Um, You know, even up to then, although I was only eight years old, I'd still been aware of Liverpool's... unlucky days in 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 the cup beforehand it, it was it was the dream growing up to win the FA cup um not so much even to play in it but to actually support your team and see them in an FA cup final and win it so it's a, it's a mass it is a massive thing still and i think the fact that um in recent times maybe under jürgen we we've not always sort of considered the FA Cup a, a priority. I think for us at this point in time of the season, to be saying we're still going for four trophies, I think is a really healthy uh, sort of statement to make. Um, and you sense that Liverpool could have a great uh, run in the FA Cup this year because we've got the Carabao Cup final already to look forward to. Everybody loves a day out at Wembley and it would be lovely yeah. to go there and play in an FA Cup final, even though maybe it isn't quite the day it used to be. Uh, it's still massive and around the world it's, it's it's particularly massive. But I got some great memories of seeing Liverpool obviously achieving as you know when I was a supporter in, through the 60s. And then my experiences of the 70s and, and, and 80s with Liverpool, unfortunately, Terry mentioned one of the most sort of bitter, de- you know, disappointing days of my career with the 77 FA Cup final. So I can't ever think of the FA Cup final and not sort of have that in my sort of memory bank, um, even though I'd like to block it at times. It was really, really disappointing. So it's a, it's, it's a competition that I think uh, you, 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 know, you remember all through your life, you know, whether or not you, you were there at games or you sort of your team experienced some luck or good, bad luck. We have so much to look forward to still this season. Um, so thank you so much, everyone, for listening. There will be so much more excitement to come from Liverpool Football Club and from this podcast, hopefully. Uh, but for now... Terry May and David Fairclough, thank you so much for your time and your input and your stories today. My name is Ragnar Lund Ansnes. Um, you have been listening to LFC um, Talk at Hotel Tia. And until next time, take care and have a lovely week off the Reds. <laughs>